Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Movies with Heart. As always, I am your host, Kiri, and I'm joined with my friend, Brett. Hello. And what we're going to start doing, just to like let you guys know us a little bit better, is just sharing a little random fact every week. So... This week, uh, just because Brett already talked about it, I'm going to go with my favorite color. So my favorite color is blue. <laughs> well, now, I talked about it off, off podcast, but my favorite color is, is purple. So People have to assume that we're talking before we actually get on the podcast. No, we don't. We are straight face, stone cold. We don't say a word to each other, and we just start <laughs> recording, and all of a sudden, the personality comes out. That's how we these... Pull up the- we yeah. pull up the Zoom and then you f- we flip a switch and all of a sudden we're human beings. Yeah, ex- exactly. We're just animatronic Disney characters. <laughs> but just turn on when people like, when the ride comes to our area, we just turn on and That's start singing. That's when we singing. turn on. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Disney. I actually. So really quick, speaking of Disney, who is your favorite seven dwarfs? One of the seven dwarfs. Okay, I'm a little bit biased because I was actually going to talk about this. When oh, I was okay. in sixth grade, we did Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like we did a stage production of it. My school did. I was one of the dwarves. <laughs> Can you guess which one? Um, actually, I I remember you saying this last time we talked about this, but I don't remember which one. Uh, uh, Grumpy. Yes. Yep. Yes. I played Grumpy. I got it right. Woohoo. I have like very vivid memories of doing that. Like I don't remember doing because I we were I was also in like a couple other things in junior high, and I have like almost no recollection of those. But there are some things about um, Snow White that I remember like vividly. <laughs> so now, is that your favorite dwarf? I mean, I know you played him. Probably. But... Okay. Okay. Just because my heart goes out to him. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would like even watching it now. Like there are scenes that I like remember doing, remember playing. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you? Um, actually, I like Doc. I, the thing that I like about Doc is because he he would always like switch up his his words, words. And, mm-hmm. and phrases and stuff and i thought that was pretty funny and so i i kind of that kind of grew on me a little bit i remember so. doc being my favorite when i was really little because he was like the leader guy and i was the oldest of many many children and so i always was like the leader bossy type so for a while i was like ah doc i relate to you <laughs> yeah i could see that i could see you being the leader bossy type that makes sense to me like it just comes with the territory of being an oldest child. Uh, so what were you going to say before I cut you off um, with the favorite Seven Dwarfs characters? Oh, I was just going to talk about Disneyland. I was just going to say one time um, I was on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland and the ride actually like broke, like broke down. Okay. So we just like, so they, all the lights turned on and we were just like sitting in the car and my friend wanted who actually works for Disneyland, like works at Disneyland. Now she was like looking around, like so excited. She was trying to figure out how they did different things. And so fun fact. Yeah. I've been to Disneyland multiple times and every single time that I go, the Indiana Jones ride is closed or broken down or whatever. I have never been on the Indiana Jones line. Every single time that I go through the spans of years, they're always 
we got to do like a, a friend's trip to there and make yes. sure the India, cause I've never been on, yes. I've never been on the Indiana, Indiana Jones ride before. It is one of my, so I had the first time I went to Disneyland was like a month away from me turning 18. Yeah. So first time I went, I was older and then I've been a few times. I went once um, to visit my friend in California and we went and then I've gone with my, I went with the school class and then I've gone with my family. Indiana Jones is one of my faves, like probably top three. Um, I would have to say that my favorite ride is probably the Matterhorn. I like the Matterhorn a lot. I had a feeling you were going to say that for some reason. Um, but I really like the nostalgia ride. So like Peter Pan and Pirates of the um, Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean is definitely one of my favorites before they did the whole Jack Sparrow stuff before that. So, so old Jack Sparrow world. still, he's like, has some parts in it, but like. It's yeah. still very much like what it was. Yeah, I'm talking like the old school one before it was before they did Jack Sparrow <laughs> and all that stuff. Like that was such a cool ride. And yeah, like the nostalgia ones like Peter Pan and like the Toad's Wild Ride and all that stuff. Like, oh, I, I hate Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I loved all those rides. Those are so awesome. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's there anymore. I think it's gone. I think it is. It's it. the, yeah. It was there at least like pre -pan I... We went, my family went a few months before the pandemic and it was there then oh. because I rode on it and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I hate this ride. Oh, it's such a good ride. Such a good ride. The hell scene freaks me out every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Okay, I have two quick Disneyland stories and then we'll okay. move on. Okay, since we're on our Disney topic, it's okay. Right, since we're here. So... First of all, first time we went, my sister had been to Disneyland before, but she hadn't had a chance to go on Splash Mountain. So my brother and I went on it earlier, and then we were going with her later, and she, for some reason, like, did not know that there was, like, a massive 50-foot drop. Oh, no. So we were telling her about it, and I kind of said tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, Danny, you got to sit in the front. It's the best. Oh, no. And she was like, is it really? And I was like... She doesn't know. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, yeah. And Devin, my brother's like low-key backing me up. He's like, oh, yeah, you see everything first. Like, so we got her right in the front. And right as the ride's starting, she like looks at us and she's like, isn't this like a pretty big drop? And like, <laughs> am I going to get like super, super wet? And we were like, no, no. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, there's a couple dips and then you have one like kind of medium-sized dip and then you're done yeah. and she was like oh okay so we go on a couple of dips and she's like oh yeah there are a couple dips here she's like but there's no big one at the end i thought there was a big one at the end and we're like no no <laughs> and then we, it starts like taking us up and she again turns back and she's like are you sure and i'm like yeah you know how pirates of the caribbean has that climb and then there's a little dip and then you're done she's like yeah, yeah. I was like, it's like that. And oh, she's like, no. oh, okay. <laughs> so we like, I'm like just waiting for her to see the drop because I know she's going to see it first. And so we like crest it and I just hear her go, oh my gosh. <laughs> you, you are a terror. Uh, it totally fits oh, it your personality. It was great. It was so good. She was so mad. And and telling my age, like I remember when Splash Mountain was the new ride. Oh shoot! Yeah, like we went one year and Splash Mountain was just barely open, like brand new, and we're like, oh cool, let's go check I out this that ride. I thought was one of the so, original ones. My mm -hmm. bad. No, 
it, it's it's not so yeah good old oldie me so we usually we usually would hit small world when we were like hot and tired we would get on the small world and we'd take that ride that one is air conditioned very well because that's what we Mm -hmm. realized is we went on that one we were like oh it is nice in here and there's nothing creepier than when parts of the small world is broken because i remember there would be times you're going through the small world and like all of them will be dark and the puppets are like just like twitching you know because <laughs> yeah. like the hydraulics are trying to loosen up and they're just twitching and it's dark and you're just like okay this this is a little creepy <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit of child's play going on here okay yeah okay. So, something's going on like i don't know i don't know about this stuff can we go on something else <laughs> don't drink the water by the way <laughs> i feel like that should be obvious Brett. <laughs> oh man Wow. Anyway, so we're talking about Snow White today. Yeah, fun little Disney film. I love Snow White so much. This episode's going to be like a little bit different because, and I was telling Mr. Brett earlier, there's not like a ton of hidden messages that I pick out in this film. I just like really, really love this film. Yeah, I think a lot of this film is, I mean, it's pretty forward. Uh, there's a few interesting parts on it, but I think more of the fascinating stuff with me is just the time and energy and resources mm-hmm. it took to develop this film and the time period, obviously, that the film was developed in. Um, so innovative for its time. Like, yeah. And, it's one of those few films that comes out every, like, decade or two that you know just like changed cinema forever right and a lot of people thought that it actually would fail but mm-hmm. actually ended up doing really well um was extremely over budget but ended yeah up extremely its, but ended up making its money back and then they kind of did the the first trio of like you know snow white and then pinocchio and dumbo Fantasia. Yeah, Fantasia. Yeah, Fantasia. Fantasia's three and then, and then Dumbo. And, and then Dumbo. Yeah, so I guess four. Um, and they were all And then all, Bambi, all too. Successful. Bambi was five. Yeah, and then Bambi was five. But uh, just just the first undertaking, like how much of a large undertaking this mm-hmm. took for him to, to develop and how, yeah, just they had to develop a camera. They developed a, a certain camera for it and just yep. all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. There was parts when I was watching it, too, and we'll talk about it more as we get to it. But there were just parts with the animation where I was like, how on earth did they do this? Yeah. Like, how did they animate this part? Mm-hmm. And I was reading the one part at the end of Hi-Ho when the dwarves are marching, like, across the log. I was reading the, that the animator for that, he literally worked on that for six months. Because yeah. he was trying to get their marching in time while also like keeping Dopey kind of in time, but uh, separate from the others. And he was trying to get the angles right and everything. And he's like worked on it six months and it's less than a minute on screen. Yeah, I believe the entire film took three years to, to make. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Um, It had a budget of like $250,000, but ended up going it well into a million something. Yeah, it was like 1.2 million or something, which for that time is a huge, like that's a massive budget. Yeah, Disney had to mortgage his house for 1.5 million. And yeah, Disney had to mortgage his house um, for it to finish off. There was over 750 artists to, that were working on the film and more than 2 million sketches that went into the film. 
that's crazy. Like, that's just insane. Especially because this was when, like, the Disney studio was still getting back on its feet after Oswald was stolen from them. Yeah. So, like, they did some, you know, they did Steamboat Willie. They did some Mickey stuff. But, like, this, this is the first, not just for Disney, this is the first feature-length animated film ever. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy the, the the undertaking that this went through to try and complete it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll kind of go through as we normally do, where we'll just start at the beginning and then kind of chat our way through. Um, but, yeah, there's not going to be, like, a lot of hidden messages. I honestly am mostly just going to, like, rant about how, like, I'm just going to fangirl over this film. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, I'm just going to fangirl for an hour <laughs> over this film. I mean, there there are some some parts and some scenes that I thought were fairly interesting. Obviously, I was looking at, and we'll talk we'll talk about it as we go through the scenes and stuff. But I yeah. I was also very interested in like how did they do some of this stuff? And yeah, one of the ones that kind of stuck out the most, which is actually fairly early on in the film, is the magic mirror where they're able to do like the smoke. Oh, and stuff I know. The magic mirror was quite impressive. They actually, like, I think I read that they, like, waterlogged it. So, like, the, they, you guys can't see, I'm trying to <laughs> convey to Brett. Um, so, they had the animation, but then they actually, like, had some water and effects and stuff over it. Oh, interesting. And that's how, that's how they were able to get kind of some of the blurriness. You'll see it in, fan, in Night on Bald Mountain, too. There's a similar effect they do where it looks, it's a water i didn't know but my brother was pointing out to me i was like how did they do that and he's like honestly probably water and we looked it up and that's what they did yeah well and and give it to disney they're very creative on how they can do special effects and stuff i mean look at disneyland mm -hmm. and like the haunted mansion for instance where they use oh, yeah the large glass uh piece to mimic ghosts and stuff and mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. i mean give it to them to be able to figure that out and all that so um, so yeah, let's just start at the beginning, I guess. So this kind of started what Disney did for a while where like it started with the storybook, like the book of, you know, it says Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs on the front and the storybook opens up. I'm kind of a sucker for the nostalgia of that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like I love the storybook approach. I feel like it sets the scene of like, this is a fairy tale. One of my big things about films is like, I don't need to have everything explained. And so I love fairy tales because sometimes they don't like you don't like if there's a magical tree that bears golden apples like i'm like i don't need to know how the tree got there i don't need to know like i just like the story which is i think why i have a problem with some of the live action disney films is because i'm like stop explaining everything to me i don't i don't need to know yeah and i'm not sure on how true this is this may might have to take a little bit of research but obviously this is the brothers a brothers grim story Yes. We do know that, but I guess Disney himself or Walt himself saw this in a saw something similar to this or this tale being told in a silent black and white film and wanted to recreate it. Yeah, I saw that as well. Um, I'm not quite sure on how true that is, but I mean, I do know that a number of Disney stuff was taken from the brothers brothers Grimm stuff mm -hmm. like snow white and sleeping beauty and, and cinderella and the frog and the prince no, yeah cinderella yeah but i i didn't know that he had seen it younger in a silent black and white film and decided to redo it and 
I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Like in the early days of film, I think it was, those were like, like Aesop's fables and Brothers Grimm and stuff were kind of the stories that were just kind of common knowledge and were generally passed down. Mm -hmm. And so they, I think there were a lot that were like those and like early horror films are kind of similar. Like they're all either like the Phantom of the Opera or like Dracula or Frankenstein because that's what they had. Right. So I, I thought, I thought that was just, just interesting that he kind of saw that and wanted to redo it. And mm-hmm. obviously they put a very different twist onto it than the brothers Grimm story, the German story, right? you know, very child stories are gnarly. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty bad. <laughs> um, and... This movie still terrified kids, but yeah, Walt had to do some things to kind of clean it up. The the only part that I kind of have to critique a little bit, um, and it's more to do with just the story itself. Um, they didn't really specify in the movie Cinderella or Cinderella. Wow, now you got me on Cinderella. Uh, Snow White's <laughs> situation, like you kind of were just like tossed into that. Yeah, like it explained it at the very beginning. Like she had this yeah she had a stepmother and the stepmother was jealous and turned her into a scullery maid but it didn't really explain like what happened to her parents? your parents <laughs> yeah. yeah like cinderella it pretty much sums it up like cinderella lost her mother when she was young her father remarried and then her father died now the stepmother kind of rules the roost like right. you know from the outset what's going on there with snow white yeah it was very unclear yeah which i thought was kind of weird and and the way that they did that that's my really only critique that she's kind of in one scene she is in rags washing stairs and in another scene she's in beautiful princess gown singing with birds and you're just like huh (laughs) so (laughs) how did we get here it's just weird but that was really my only like critique of the film storyline so i also i this is either the opening or the, I think it's the opening scene. I love, first of all, everything with the queen and everything with the mirror. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with that evil queen. I'm like, oh, she, I just think she's done so well. I think the voice acting is so well. The animation is so well. Cause the really cool thing about it is like, she looks, she looks a lot like Snow White. But Snow White has much, like, rounder, softer features. And the queen's, like, her eyes are very sharp. Her jawline is very sharp. She has a very, like, kind of vicious elegance to her. So speaking about eyes, did you find it fascinating that all the evil people in the film had green eyes? Yes. I wonder why they did that. That's kind of a, like theme with disney is that color green they use for a lot of villains like it's used in scar's song and lion king true it's used in princess and the frog so i think that's just kind of like a disney like shtick i guess i guess i've never really noticed that until i was watching the film i was like gosh all the people who are and i'm doing quotes here i know you guys can't see it that are evil or evil ish have green eyes and i thought that was really weird that they they chose green as that color I think that's just like a Disney signature that I guess just started with Snow White and they just like kept it up. That's so weird. That's so weird to me. But but I don't know. I like I really like the voice actor for the Magic Mirror. I think that 
I don't know. The the writing is so good. I love the kind of poetic quality to like who is the fairest of them all. I I just love that opening scene. Ah, I just love this movie so much. Yeah. But like rewatching it, I was just reminded how much like that opening scene just makes such an impact. Yeah, a lot of it was just a bunch of rhymes. They were just rhyming the whole yeah. entire time. And I thought that was interesting as well. And obviously we'll probably talk about it, but they did a lot of um, things that to try and instill into kids like good habits that they need to wash and they need to right. clean up and they need to do this and do that. So they try to make it very kid friendly and try to instill mm-hmm. like good behavior into good kids, values, yeah, good values and stuff like that. Well, and even like from the very beginning, you know, and this is sometimes Disney gets like a lot of crap for the some of the messages that they have, especially about like women and feeling like you have to marry a prince and it happens so fast and stuff part of me is just like like you just kind of have to look at the historical context of the time yeah and not that not that that makes it you know correct or anything but like i love little mermaid and i can still look at little mermaid and be like you should never give up your voice for someone that you barely know that's a big mistake (laughs) yeah but like you know, I get what they were going for. They were they were trying to teach, you know, be kind to animals while also being, you know, like sharing this fantasy of like, yeah, you will meet someone you love someday and you'll have this fairy tale ending. And is that reality? Not really. But it's still like it makes for a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as we are starting off and going through this, does it start with the mirror at first? It does because it's I I had to remember because the storybook says like you know she would ask the mirror every day and and then it opens with the okay oh no maybe it doesn't maybe it opens maybe it opens on Snow White cleaning I think you're right actually I think the second scene is the mirror I think the first scene is Snow White cleaning the steps God I just watched this and I can't remember I know Um, I did too so. I, I did I, I I really liked how they did the mirror part of it and mm-hmm. we, we talked about that. I thought that was really cool. Um, the queen reminded me very much of the sleeping beauty evil Maleficent, you know very oh, yeah. much very similar and very like similar like facial everything. features like very sharp. Like high cheekbones, very like angular, like the clothes were very much very similar and stuff like the, that. Like flowing, yeah. Mm-hmm. The dark robes and stuff like that. I um, read that they actually used like a lot of the color scheme of a peacock to for her costuming to kind of reflect like her like ego and her narcissism of like, look how great I am, look how beautiful I am. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting too. Huh. I, I didn't know that. Um, the one part that I did find kind of weird, and I think it's just more of just how they were doing the story, is when Snow White is there cleaning the stairs and stuff, and she's singing, and mm-hmm. the, the prince hears her, and he comes over, and she freaks out and runs inside. Is she ashamed of what she's wearing? I didn't think about is that. She, like, why is she running away from from him? Like, is there like a form of embarrassment? Like, I didn't quite understand what was going on there. Like, obviously, you know, 
he didn't spook her. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was weird. And then she pokes out the window and they, they sing. I don't to know, maybe like stranger danger or something. Stranger, but stranger danger. Yeah. Guy I, comes I, up. She's like, Oh no. I, I don't know. But I mean, I found that part kind of weird, but they sing to each other and stuff like that. And then it cuts to the next scene where the queen wants to get rid of snow white. Snow white. And as proof, she wants her heart in a box, box or, or yeah. her, her heart or whatever. So she has the ranger, the huntsman, go after him, who also has green eyes in this film. Which I he turns out funny. to be okay, though. <laughs> he turns out to be okay. And, okay, so what I thought was fascinating about the forest scene was when she was in the forest, like, singing to the birds and stuff, and the guy come, the huntsman comes over to her, and he's about to kill her, and then tells her to run and hide into the forest mm -hmm. and it shows that she's having like this mental breakdown her world's kind of like co just collapsing collapsing right because she finds out that the queen or her the stepmother queen wants to kill her once her dead and i thought that whole part was interesting because when she's in a very lovely little forest and stuff and she goes deeper into the forest all of a sudden it becomes dark and gloomy she's uh, hallucinating that the trees are trying to grab out of her like cloak and out of her dress and she's just running and there's all these creepy stuff coming out and then she collapses and is crying on the ground and reality kind of comes back and she's yeah. now in this well-lit forest and all these scary creatures before all these little bunnies and their deer and stuff like that. They're just normal little animals and they come out to check on her. But I thought that whole scene was interesting that they tried to portray her, um, her, like her emotions, inner turmoil, turmoil. Yeah, yeah. Her inner turmoil and stuff like that. I thought that was very interesting that they did that and it would spook like any kid. And I'm sure it spooked lots oh, of kids. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a very interesting choice for them to do that, for them to have her go through that turmoil and show the turmoil that she's going through at that point in time. Well, and I think that's very accurate to like real life. You know what I mean? Like there have been several times I'm just like going through a day like normal. And then all of a sudden I get a call that like a family member's in a car wreck or something devastating is happening. And then all of a sudden my, like everything just seems darker. Like every little thing seems so much more difficult and like, I don't know, like I think that's really relatable to be like frantic and upset that you start to almost like visualize, yeah, like your emotions and your, your inner struggle that you're having like in a very external way. But then her emotions do like a complete like 180 and she's very apologetic for scaring the birds and scaring the wildlife and stuff. And she's it like, shows oh, that animals can I'm, help everything. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you guys and I'm not going to hurt you. And it was just really weird. The, just that whole one <laughs> transition true. that she did. We watched this scene actually in one of my film classes. We were talking about uh, the use of music and how like that can impact how a scene goes and so we, we were watching that scene and we finished and the professor was like all right so now that we've finished with uh snow white's bad acid trip we can move on yeah and there's a few of those weird acid trips throughout this film but yeah that's definitely one of them yeah um i love the little cottage like when she kind of comes out of the woods and just sees the cottage for the first time I just think it's very cute. Like, I just, I love that scene. I love that it's such, like, an idyllic little, I don't know, 
little cottage that she like explores and she, I don't decide, know, I, I can't... she decides to clean and stuff clean, like that. Yep. <laughs> oh, there must be children living here, but they're very messy children. I better clean up. And mm-hmm. all the wildlife come into the car. Co- I mean, how how would you like to have a whole bunch <laughs> of birds and deer come into your house and rummage through your house and stuff? You would freak out. And I she's love just that, like, like, the deer is, like, licking it. the plate clean, and that's what she has a problem with. Like, that's when she's like, no, 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 like... Put them in Use the, the water, put it in the tub. I'm like, yeah. that's the problem, Snow Snowy. That is what we have an issue with. It's not the feet that's not the deer that are infested with like fleas and other stuff and the birds right. and the and the and the squirrels and it's all that. It's not the other birds stuff. probably pooping all over the floor or like the squirrels like rabies. Trying to like, clean up the cobwebs. Yeah. The deer licking the plate. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah. That's where we draw the line. I mean, I, I saw all that happening and it's fun and it's cute. You know, she's wildlife's helping her clean up the cottage, but I'm thinking of more of a reality perspective, which is like, man, if a whole bunch of wildlife came <laughs> into my house, like deer and squirrels and birds and stuff, you'd be freaking out. You'd be trying to like shoo them all out. And I have yeah. a hard enough trying time trying to clean after my two dogs who shed like nobody's business. Like I can't even imagine like, yeah. Tons of deer and squirrels and chipmunks and birds all. Just all up in your business, just like yep. all over the place. But yeah, you go through that cute little scene of of them cleaning everything and the and the squirrels are like wrapping the cobwebs like around their tail and yeah. they're hanging all the clothes on the deer and the deer walks outside and dumps them it's all off. It's a very into the clever pond. scene. It is clever. It's clever. I also, to this day, I think Whistle While You Work is a jam. Like, I'm wishing it by the well. I'm just, like, ready for the song to be over. Print The Prince's song, one song, I'm just like, oh, I'm done with you. Be gone with you. So, <laughs> so Whistle the, the, While You Work, I just think is, like, I just have a really fun time with it. Are you? Oh, you're talking about the, the, the Seven the, Dwarves when they're in the mine? No, the Whistle While You Work, when she's cleaning. The whistle While You Work. Oh, I guess it is. I thought though, uh, what were they singing in the mine? They, they sing hi ho. Hi ho. No, that was that was that was when they were leaving though. What were they singing in the mine? They were singing something dig, different. Dig, in the dig, mine. dig, 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 dig in yeah, the mine. The that, I think it's called dig, dig, dig. Yeah. By the way, those dwarves are loaded. They have so <laughs> much money. I did not understand when I was a child until I watched this film the other day. They have this huge vault full of diamonds and rubies and all sorts of gems. They hang the key outside of the vault, which is yep. weird. Um, but they're so fair, Dopey's a little out. I mean, Dopey's not the None of them seem terribly bright, but Dopey is for sure not the sharpest tool in the shed. But still, like these dwarves are loaded. Like, they have so much money and I was just like, holy crap, what what are they doing with all this stuff? They literally just like dig and mine gems all day. Yeah, and they don't do anything with it. They're just like, well, you got a bag of diamonds. I guess we'll just toss it in this room. Yeah, I, I just saw that and that just blew my mind. I was just like, wow, these guys are freaking loaded. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so funny. And they yeah, they don't do anything with it. Like they walk home, they walk to the mines. They don't bother getting horses or anything. No. Or like mules, they're just like, well, yeah, we did they, our stuff. We they use like the mines. And they use like the local in. deer to pull the carts and stuff like that, and that's pretty much yeah. it. Wow, yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> dwarfs, the dwarfs are loaded. <laughs> yeah. 
They sure are. <laughs> and Dopey like takes two gems and like shoves them into his eyes, and it's funny, yeah. but it's just like, why would you stick diamonds into your eyes? You'd be bleeding, and I don't know. I take stuff too literally, so. <laughs> and like this is very much like a lot of this show is played for gags. Like that that was definitely like one of Walt's things is like every time they came up with a new gag, he gave him five bucks. So yeah. that was like the thing is that this show is a lot of it's a lot of comedic effects. It's a lot of like, oh, this would be kind of funny, let's do that. Oh, this would be fun, let's do that. Yeah. So I'm sure that was probably one little thing that was like, hey, it might be kind of funny for Dopey to do something like this. And they were like, Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's just have him stick diamonds in his eyes. That's great. No, I I know I know I have to understand that it's a children's show and it's a cartoon. And I know I totally get all that stuff. It's just I'm just I'm just like that. <laughs> So. We know, we know. It's yeah. okay, Greg. <laughs> also, I love one thing that I thought was interesting was like downstairs is a mess, and then Snow White is like, "Well, let's go look upstairs." And she gets upstairs, and I'm like, "Upstairs is much cleaner than downstairs. What happened?" Well, and also, how long of a nap did she take? Because she was out like singing with birds and stuff around morning. She ran into the forest, and then the wildlife took her to the cottage. She cleaned it I up. I just assume she, like, fell asleep around, like, I don't know, maybe mid-late afternoon. Because when the dwarves get there, it's dark. It's dark. That's what I'm saying. So she she fell asleep, like, around noon or something She's like that. She's had a long day, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> she fell asleep, and she's asleep until dark when the dwarves get home, you know, and... Yeah, I guess I guess if you had that much of a mental breakdown and cleaning that's on top true. of it, that's just, I, I yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> like I said, she's had, she's had a long day. <laughs> I've had those kind of days where I'm just like, oh, that's it's ten o'clock. I need and it's a nap. nap. <laughs> yeah, it's nap time. Oh man, I love the first like. So you like kind of see the dwarves, but I love their first like conversation outside the cottage where they like you really start to see their personalities come out. Like where they see the lights on and they're like, someone's in our house. Like what's going on? And like before they even enter the cottage and you see Doc like trying to pull it together and be a leader and like, all right, guys, like we're going to go check it out. Yeah. They're just like, I feel like their decisions for like the dwarves names and their personalities, like they mesh really well together. And I think they're just very, very fun. Yep. And especially when they finally do make their way into the cottage and they make Dopey go upstairs to see what's going on upstairs. Mm-hmm. And the birds are playing tricks on them. The birds are right. making like different noises and playing tricks on them and stuff like that. But Dopey goes upstairs and sees Snow White kind of adjusting the sheets and stuff like that. And he comes back down and, what did you see? Did you see a monster? And he's like, yeah. And was he drooling? He's like, yeah, he's drooling. Drooling, just drooling. Yeah. yeah, he does all that. He mimics everything that they're saying. And I thought that was kind of clever, but and fun. I thought it was too. Well, because then they're like, they're finally like, so what did you see? And he just like mimics them, like mimics like someone sleeping. And they're like, what? <laughs> it was asleep? What are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, they, they go on and they meet Snow White. And they find out like what's going on and that she'll, mm-hmm. she'll cook and she'll keep for them and all this stuff. And she tells them like, to go, a good gig here. she tells them to go wash before they eat. And so they have I to, love the washing scene. They have to go wash. Why? I mean, why, what, tell me why you like the washing scene so much. It's just like, I think it's comedic gold. First of all, like everything with dopey and the soap is just so good. <laughs> 
Or he swallows the entire bar of soap. The entire bar of soap. And like, like the one point where he's like stalking it like it's prey. And he's just like, yeah, he pounces on the soap and then everything with, I don't know. It's just so fun. And I think the song is a good song. Like it's a catchy song that they sing. And, and I have, I have fond memories of that scene, like playing that scene in elementary school. Okay. Like me, like sitting on like a barrel and like looking at them while they're all washing up and me just like acting terribly disgruntled the entire time. And then we had, they all gang up on you and force you to walk. Yeah. We had to like, we spent probably like an hour trying to figure out how they were all going to like lift me up and carry me over (laughs) to, to the tub. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really catchy. I think the way it's like animated and shot, I guess, with the angles is really cool. I think everything with Dopey and the soap is just like tons of fun. I just, it's, I really like the scenes where you really see the personality of the dwarves come out. And I feel like you see that there. Like Doc being like, okay, let's do the, you know, trying to be the leader and get everyone together. Grumpy just like fighting it for no apparent reason with like every power of like every bit of energy he has. Yep. And then just like, I don't know, just like the funny little gags, like the fact that one grabs another's beard to like wash his face off and like, it's just like a very fun, funny, like three minutes. You know, I, I, I was watching after watching that scene where they're back inside and they're, they're eating and stuff. And you're kind of seeing more of the cottage and especially when they're when Snow White was cleaning it and stuff, I noticed that a lot of the cottage was very or ornamental, hand carved wood, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And I was just like, man, that would be really cool to have that kind of furniture and that kind of yeah. crap and shit. But it got me thinking. It's like, how long do you think it took these seven dwarves? to go through and carve out like each and every stair was was like hand carved and their tub was hand carved and their banister was like hand carved and then that organ that they're that grumpy plays is all hand carved it's like Mm. this has got to take some time to do all this stuff why do you think they did that like why do you think the animators chose to do that i think they were trying to portray just a fun little little cottage and kind of also show off um like uh, something that was eye candy that was just a, very appealing That's, to the yeah. eye because if they did just a cottage that was just plain looked like a plain cottage inside it wouldn't have like the very fantasy story um like heartwarm almost heartwarming yeah type of feel. yeah it wouldn't be like a fairy tale type cottage mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. they kind of did that to make it look like a fairy tale type cottage that's suitable for a princess you know mm-hmm. um yep. Yep. But I thought it was very interesting and it was very intricate. A lot of the artist detail that went into all, because you, you've got to imagine, I mean, not only doing that in real life, being able to carve all that out, but being able to be an artist and draw all that stuff out has got to take some time. I could only imagine how long it took the artist to go through and draw that cottage inside. Like how long it took yeah. to do that? I mean, that organ alone would yes. have taken forever. Yeah. And the different sheets that they would have to draw for that organs and that organs movement and stuff like that. Just, Mm -hmm. it's gotta be insane. That, that scene with the organ, the like 
the silly song or whatever, the yodeling song. Yeah. That scene is so like intricate, just in so like the organ for sure, but like how they made the music match up with some of the what the dwarves were doing and like everything with Dopey and the drums and like there were several times where it just showed shot after shot after shot like it was so that scene is so fast and so intricate right and you gotta imagine like how they would do that sort of stuff in films um back in the day is they would have the film playing on a big screen and the orchestra would play along to it and they would have mm-hmm. to do cut after cut and try to get it to match and get, you know, do it over and over because mm-hmm. it's a live orchestra that's providing the music. I mean, I know a lot yep. of movies nowadays, they don't really do that, but films like Snow White and even live action films like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that, where they have like real live orchestras that are playing along, adding the music to it. I yeah. Mean, that's just got to take so much time. Yeah. That scene, like that one, I don't like as much as others, but that was just a scene that I sat there almost in awe, just being like, this is impressive. Yes. Like, this is a, this scene alone could have been like a little animated short. You know what I mean? Right. And if I remember right, it kind of was because Disney used to do like these little like shorts in between their cartoons. Like, yeah, they called them silly symphonies. Yeah. And they would do like that scene and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I also love now that we're, we're starting to get into the nitty gritty of the, of the queen, which I, the transformation scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole film. Okay. Like I love, I love her, like, her, because it's the same voice actor for the queen as, like, the evil hag. Yeah. Which I think is, like, very impressive. Yeah. But just, it's, 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 like, like, iconic fairy tale is what it is. Like, it just embodies what a fairy tale is, the whole transformation scene where she's, like, mummy dust to make me old. Like, a witch's cackle and you know she's adding all of these like fantastical little you know she's adding drops into this potion but it's you know a scream of fright and it actually is a scream of fright to to whiten my hair yep yeah and then just like you know she's holding it up and that scene where she's like you know a gust of wind and you see her cloak just like flowing you guys can't see me i'm moving my arms like a crazy person <laughs> the cloak. She, she is moving her arms like a crazy person i can vouch for that Fred can tell you but yeah like her cloak is waving behind her and then she does you know the the lightning bolt to mix it well and the, you know that thunder a gust thunder of wind clap a, and a gust of wind to fan my hate yeah mm-hmm. and then she does the the lightning bolt to mix it well yeah it's just so, it's just so cool. <laughs> like the way they were able to turn something so like, something that's not literal at all into like a literal form for a potion. Yeah. That she then drinks and then the whole transformation is kind of, it has like that bad acid trip feel again. You know, she's, it's spinning and there's colors in her, her hair is going white and you start to see her hands, you know, 
become my gnarled hands. and bony. Yeah, and yeah. she looks at her hands. My voice, like, my voice. <laughs> nails that look like claws and yeah. stuff like that. And it's spinning like yellow and red and green around mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, her voice changes. And I just, we're not explaining a lot of this one because I'm assuming that people have seen Snow White more than once. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like I, 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 I felt during that scene there was a lot of very impressive artist stuff, and one yeah. of the parts that was very impressive to me was when they showed um, the the old hag cackle, and she turns like the little mm-hmm. beaker, and you could see the the liquid start bubbling and flowing through, and you hear the cackle and stuff, and that like the intricates of that potion or that chemical going through like uh, i i i am uh, the thing is is like you guys have got to understand like the the great undertaking of doing an animated film this early on in the third in what 1937 mm-hmm. and being able to do that intricate i mean today's i mean we use like a lot of animation they use a lot of computers and stuff like that cgi all that fun stuff but just the time that it had to take artists to be able to draw that out is just just mind-blowing i mean that had to take so much time just to draw just to draw that just to draw that yeah well and i think to your point earlier about like the cottage just the yeah the production design through the whole thing like from how detailed the forest was to like her little her little lair like the different the skulls that they added in the cobwebs and the titles of the different books that she had there, you know, and she pulled out just the disguises one. And there's just so much that I'm like, man, they did their homework. Well, and especially that's a good point, especially with the books when she flips open the, the one book and is reading through it and you look at it and it's very much like a fairy tale handwriting where all the uh-huh. different words are like capitalized and different color and, like, it almost it almost looks like knockoff old English or something like with the very caricature esque yeah. writing and and being able yeah. to draw all that out just it's just so impressive it's it's very impressive yeah I think another thing and I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about the wick the wicked witch a little bit more because I I love her character and I love this scene I like some would argue that the villain is a little bit too scary for a children's film. I love terrifying villains. I love it. Like, because Disney kind of in like the 70s and 80s kind of used villains as like comic relief almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Aristocats is more comic relief. Um, Robin Hood, you know, the Prince John is more comedic relief, which yeah. is fine like that's that's an artistic choice and like i'm not going to tell you you're wrong if that's what you like i just would much rather be like my favorite disney villains are the ones that scare the crap out of me yeah like maleficent is one cruella ursula scar gaston like i want a villain that's that terrifies me and i feel like me being a full-grown adult i watch that and i'm like she's legitimately terrifying yeah and even the later ones are a little more somewhat comic relief as well but i think to your point like the queen in this one and maleficent 
um, they very much were true to their character and stayed mm-hmm. just evil and serious and frightening from the beginning. Cause there are parts where Gaston's kind of like silly. You're just like, okay. And there's parts where yeah. Scar's kind of like goofy. You're just like, okay. But right. these queen, the queen and, and Maleficent were both just very much just dead faced, like just scary from, I, from the beginning to end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you meet them and you're like, these are the villains and they scare me. And at the end you're like, yeah, I don't know how I got more scared, but I am. <laughs> so fun fact, speaking about Queens and stuff, <clears throat> this, this is a Disneyland story. It's a, it's a short one. Oh, yes. I love Disneyland so, stories. So back in the day, I don't know if they do it anymore, but back in the day when I was like five or whatever, they would still do the light parade and mm-hmm. Maleficent was on one of the floats and stuff. They had her and then they would have the dragon like behind her and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And when I saw Maleficent coming up on the float, I freaking hid behind my mom. I was terrified because it was Maleficent. Yeah. So a little story about that. So, yeah. Oh, little Brett. Oh, <laughs> Maleficent. She was frightened. And that's just to my it's point. Is, is they, they are terrifying. Yeah. Well, like even, and we're probably going to talk about this um, more in a few weeks in October, but like the Headless Horseman and Chernabog from Night on, Night on Bald Mountain, like those are, like I watched Night on, I tried to watch, I was watching Fantasia with my nephew and this was a few years ago, yeah. but we started Night on Bald Mountain and I was like, he'll probably be fine. We got like 30 seconds into it and he looks at me and he goes, I'm gonna go find my mom. And yeah. I was like, oh no. Yeah, Night on Bald Mountain, we, we definitely have to do that one because there's so much artistic to that. And when I, when I watched it like a long time ago, I was like, oh yeah, this is scary and it's fun and whatever. But I watched it recently and I was just like, this is so well done. Yeah. And there's so much lore behind it that they don't tell because it's all musical and stuff. But there's so much right. lore behind it that you're just like, oh, this is cool. This is really yeah. cool. And we'll talk about, we think, just kind of a little sneak peek, we think we're going to have an episode in October that's just kind of like at, like probably three or four shorts that we'll all do in the same episode. So we'll probably talk about like, you know, the head, the Headless Horseman, Dinobald Mountain, maybe the Charlie Brown Halloween one. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of d- discuss it more as we get to it, but yeah. But, um, uh, good old Ichabod Crane. I I mm-hmm. remember a couple couple years ago, they so during Halloween they usually would play like a couple little Halloween stuff like Charlie Brown's Halloween and stuff like that. Like on yeah. Halloween night when kids are out trick or treating, yeah. they did the the original Ichabod Crane headless horseman that night. And I was like, what? This is on. Oh, it was, it was such a treat. It was so so much fun to watch it's it again. So I was just good. like, what? Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 talk. Yeah. We will definitely have an episode where we kind of dive a little bit more into into the good ones. But anyway, back to Snow White. <laughs> yep, sorry. Sorry for our rant. Um, yeah, I, that's probably my favorite scene is just that transformation scene. That's that's um, for me. So shortly after that scene, I thought was really well done. And it kind of a little bit brings out the dark side of Disney and they kind of did some dark films after this. And we talked a little bit about like the black culture and stuff like that. Um, But the witch goes down and she gets into the little rowboat and then she rolls out of the castle and you have like all this smoke and this fog and she's like rolling Mm -hmm. across this ravine. 
And that scene is just so artistically well done, but it really much reminded me of like the darker films um, that they did in the future. And I don't know if they did Lord of the, I don't think they did Lord of the Rings, but it reminded me they a didn't. lot of the animated Lord of the Rings, like a very much that quality right. and just like, you know. Like the fog and the very like mystical, like dark, almost like very creepy, eerie quality. Right. But the way that they did it, the, the artistic level of it reminded me of the very same artistic ability that was used in those films as well. Like there was kind of probably some ideas that were stolen <laughs> from that part and used in other films and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely valid. I think it's interesting watching older films because then you're like, hey, later they kind of did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and I mean, you know that they reuse templates and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you saw like a Jungle Book's a, a perfect example of this. There's a certain part in Jungle Book where um, Mowgli. What's what's the kid's name in Mowgli? In yeah, Mowgli. Mowgli. Okay, Mowgli. He's like bouncing around and he's throwing rocks and stuff like that. And they took a template from Winnie the Pooh. That's in Winnie the Pooh. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Oh my God. I'm so I'm so bad for <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um so there's parts with between the two of them, they put the, the templates side by side and they're both doing yeah. the same thing. Like they reuse like templates and stuff like that, which I thought was very fascinating. I can only imagine that you have a bunch of studios who are sharing templates and stuff so they don't have to redraw a lot of the backgrounds and a lot of movements and stuff like that. So yeah. that's just yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. There's this. Oh, so they go. The the night scene is kind of fun, where they let Snow White take her take their beds, and they all fight over the pillow. Well, they have the musical scene, which we kind of talked about, but they're all kind of singing and dancing and mm -hmm. doing all that stuff. And oh yeah, that, and that, someday my prince will come. That's like the most iconic song, and I almost skipped it. Yeah, because they do the whole musical scene, and then they want like a story mm -hmm. before yeah. bed, and they that's when they're all sharing stuff and then she they're like well tell us a story and so she starts telling them the story of of the prince and starts singing singing that um that whole song mm -hmm. and then yeah um there was one part there oh when they go to bed she's like oh it's past your bedtime we better get you guys to bed and on the clock it says 11 o'clock on the clock. Are you I'm not serious? Sure. Yeah. So I, I know people probably didn't see that. I, for one, I'm, I'm a stickler of the background, what's happening in the background. But yeah, the, the old clock says 11 o'clock. And she's getting all these guys to bed at 11 o'clock. And they probably get up at like the break of dawn. So they only get like a few hours of sleep. So that, I thought that was interesting. She had a nap earlier. She was feeling pretty good. Yeah, she was good. She was up for the rest of the night. She's, she's, she's fine. like, we're good to go. We're good to go. But yeah, yeah I don't, that, that was just like another fun little scene with the dwarves, like a little gag, you know, they're fighting over the pillow and then it shows like all the different sleeping positions and like. Yeah, they're sleeping like in the tub and they're sleeping like in drawers. In a pot and, and yeah. On the bench and you have um, Dopey and what, one other one that are sleeping on a bench and he gets up and like. sneezy. He like no. readjusts like Dopey's butt. To make it yeah, more softer like and then, morphs it into a pillow. <laughs> yeah, and then sleeps on it and stuff like that. So just kind of more fun, yeah, fun little gags. Yeah. I love like I don't know, the the scene the next morning when they're all getting ready to leave and they're all like saying things about you know, saying things to Snow White and they're like, 
now you know you, you don't let anyone in you be very careful and <laughs> they're like all right we're gonna go back to work because apparently we don't have enough diamonds <laughs> and they, they all line up to get kisses from snow white and dopey mm -hmm. keeps like looping around to get like a bunch of kisses and stuff like yeah. that yeah and grumpy obviously he grumpy he, i love that he like starts walking he's like <clears throat> He's pretending <laughs> that he doesn't. Me. He's pretending he doesn't want to kiss and he doesn't care, but he really does. And yeah, he after he gets his kiss, he kind of like looks back and like waves and yeah. So I thought I, that, that's that was another fun. scene I remember very vividly because I remember I had to like run. I had to run into a a door or a tree or something afterwards. Uh, should, after in the scene, he like he like looks back at her and he accidentally hits a tree. Yep. And so I remember like planning that scene out because the one who was running the drama club was like, okay, we don't actually want you to hit, like we don't want you to run into this. So we had to figure out a way to make it look like I ran into it without actually like hurting myself. Now, how old were you when you did this play? I was in sixth grade, so like 11 or 12. Wow, they did drama club in sixth it grade. It was only like a couple years that they did it and it was just like one teacher just really wanted to do it like one mm. teacher just really wanted and like it wasn't very like looking back I'm like that was not well done like the teacher did not really know what she was doing like the kids were all obnoxious but it was still like it was still like an after school thing I did that was just like very mm. very fun. Yeah, because I don't remember drama. This could be completely just because of the area I lived in, but I just don't remember drama being a thing until high school. We had it in junior high, but like like I said, I think it just happened like the years that I was there and the age I was. Because Drama Cup was only available for like fifth and sixth graders and maybe fourth. Oh, okay. okay. You, had to, you couldn't be like seven and in drama club yeah like you had to be like 10 11 or 12 I yeah think. That, that that makes sense so we have the part where snow white is making gooseberry pies for all the mm -hmm. dwarves and the birds are making these pies <laughs> i know where you're going with it already it's cute i understand it's a cartoon <laughs> I totally get it, <laughs> but <laughs> birds, birds making pie just—it just doesn't sit very well with me. And, you have a hard time watching like Ratatouille too. Uh, kind of, kind of. Okay, but Can I mean, uh, at least the mouse was driving the guy, you know, and so for right. a lot of that, so it was okay. But I mean, the bird like takes us because she cuts off the the strip around the pie like the extra dough and then uh -huh. the bird like spells out grumpy like artistically on the pie and i'm just <laughs> like how in the world is the bird gonna know <laughs> in the first place to write out grumpy like how to spell that and other be able to write it so well but i know i know very talented bird i i know but then you approach the scene where you have the witch just all of a sudden that appears yeah. at the window and her bright green eyes and just she's mm -hmm. just sitting there just like with her wide eyes just like making pies dairy and ugh, ugh. <laughs> i know it's creepy <laughs> well like even when you see the shadow and the music that plays and all the animals scatter like i was just, yeah watching it i'm just like oh you're so scary 
yeah it's it's definitely creepy like it's creepy on multiple levels um because she's very much like in her face even though she's in the window she's very much like in her face just like making pies like very like infringing on her space and like giving her the apple and she's very like eager for snow white to take a bite of the apple like also i'm like snow white like if someone was that eager for me to take a bite of the apple i'd be like what did you do to this thing is this a prank like is this some kind of if someone kept pushing me to bite this apple i would be sus that's all i'm saying yeah uh, snow white's very gullible you know and she's just like oh my heart take me inside and she takes her inside and stuff and she's like i i wasn't truthful to you this is actually a very special wishing apple and if you got to make a wish and take this apple and hurry take a bite before your wish goes cold and very much just pushing her to bite the apple and and it's i mean and i know what they were going for yes their whole thing was like showing the kind of the innocence and the purity of snow white it's just like ever i even remember just being a kid being like don't do it she's creepy (laughs) and another thing is like i don't remember that happening so late in the film there's only like 10 minutes left and this is happening i'm just like there is this some of this missing like did i not get all the movie or something Mm. and it's a short film they just wrap it up they wrap that up quick at the ending because yeah i mean you pretty much after that you have you know, the animals run and go get the dwarves. There's a little altercation there and the dwarves finally figure out like Snow White's in trouble. They book it and then they see the witch leaving the house and they've kind of put two and two together and they chase her up. I love, I really love that scene too. With the vultures? Just everything on the cliff. Mm -hmm. When she's scaling the cliff and the dwarves are coming up behind her. It's a very like... I'll crush like, your bones. And she's like trying yeah, to break the rock got down. The boulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like the mob mentality of the dwarves. You can just see, like you can see, you know, these guys who have been very goofy and like comic relief this whole time are now like very, very invested yeah. in, in this witch. And she, you know, you can kind of see some of the panic that she has too, you know, and then the part where, she she's like yeah i'll crush your bones and then she laughs and you see the lightning behind her it's just it's a very like iconic scene like iconic villain shot with the villain laughing and their hair's flowing in the wind and there's lightning behind them and they you know they give that like evil cackle and i thought it was very interesting that the moment the witch walked close or got to about where the cottage was the vultures saw her and started following her because they knew something was about to go down and they followed her the entire time Mm -hmm. and because as soon as she left they like followed her and then up the cliff cliff, and they landed and they just watched everything go down because they're like we know someone's dying like someone's dying we're gonna Uh gonna get some meal and yeah she dies the lightning bolt hits the cliff and she falls and the boulder falls on top of her and the vultures kind of look at each other and then they take flight and it kind of, kind of, fade, it kind of yeah it kind of like starts fading at that time the picture like fades out and then it goes into like the storybook yeah where it starts i think what's also interesting on. is that they did so many woodland creatures and they were able to set the vultures apart so much mm-hmm. like yeah. the they were able to give kind of that eerie like vicious quality to the vultures 
when all the other animals were just like so endearing. <laughs> so cute and fluffy. Even the little spider and the little flies were all cute and cuddly mm-hmm. looking and stuff, but the vultures were all mean and yeah. 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 So I just thought that part was cool. And then, yeah, then it kind of goes back to the storybook, you know, the dwarves didn't have it in their, in their hearts to bury her. So she's in the glass coffin and it kind of goes to that lovely little you know scene where there's the birds chirping in the sun and the sad music you know oh like in the background and the the prince finds out and comes to Mm -hmm. give her a kiss and stuff and so fun fact about that part um so that part was actually a little bit broken in the original film um they the the stencils that they drew on didn't match up quite right so it looked like the the oh, prince, the shimmying like, prince. <laughs> he, he like shimmy over to the princess and they tried very hard to fix it, but they weren't able to fix it. So they're just like, whatever, we'll just let it go. And so that was that way until like, what? They released it in like 90 something. I was about to say 94, I think is when they like remastered it and were able to kind of fix the fact yeah. that he was shimmying his way over to Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of shimmies over and... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, they they redid that part. I thought that was kind of an interesting little fun fact that they they put in there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then he Prince kisses her and he saves the day. And uh, like at, at like a moment's notice, she's up and she's on top of the horse and she's like, "Okay, peace out, dwarves. I'm out of here." And she I know says I kind of noticed to that too. I'm like, <laughs> does she ever go back to visit? Like, she just had like what not even 24 hours with these dwarves and then it's just kind of like well that was a real interesting time in my life goodbye guys yeah see you guys later (laughs) i mean i'm sure they could go visit whenever they want i mean they're freaking loaded they could just i was about to say they're loaded the cottage doesn't look that far away from the castle well and that's the thing is like when they they rode off to the sunset like the castle's like illuminating the background the castle almost looks like it's floating i know they're trying to do like a fairy tale castle in the sunset and but it almost looks like the castle's like on a cloud and it's just kind I know, of I too. I was like they're going to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they both die? Like what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I just noticed that part where she just wakes up and she's on the horse and she's just like, okay, peace out and she just leaves. And you're just like, wow, yeah. okay. The ending's a little bit like boring for me. Like I love everything with the witch, you know, and the apple, and then the witch dies, and then like that last little part, I'm just kind of like, all right, well, yeah, it's over. We she's, all know what happens. She's no, okay. She's alive. She's fine. Whatever. She met the prince. <laughs> this film just it it is it is just a monumental historical film. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Time for our time for our rankings. This one I rank quite high. Uh, this one I give a ninety-five. Okay. Um, I gave it an eighty-five, just a little bit oh, lower. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's still we usually tend to be with within ten of each other. I've noticed. Yeah, and and I'm the reason I'm saying is because I'm not I'm not I I like Snow White. It's a fun film. All that stuff. Don't get me wrong. There's some story stuff that bothered me about it, but the yeah. artistry and it's very good um but as far as like story-wise goes i i that's kind of where it lost points and stuff even though the story is done for what they do in it is done very well right. i just felt like there could have been some some additions to explain some stuff and not rush that's some fair. things i felt some parts were rushed and some parts weren't explained very well and so 
that's kind of where, but I understand the time, you know, the 1937, I understand like the timing of the film and they didn't really have a good flow of things back then and stuff like that. So I understand all that stuff. So 85. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is the last one before we go into October. What's our uh, next one? So we actually haven't talked about that yet. Uh oh, we need we we may have to talk about that so we can tease it. Maybe maybe I've got an idea. Maybe people should join the Discord to find out what the next one is. Yeah, we could do that. That's the thing is we're I think we're going to be doing some polls on Discord and um, Instagram, and so the links are all in the description. But we're we don't quite have what we're doing in October fully fleshed out yet because we're gonna for most of them we're gonna kind of leave it up to some votes and some suggestions oh that's right that's right so like i know we're gonna there's we're kind of debating between paranorman and Coraline, so we're probably gonna have a poll for that which decides which one we're gonna do um we're gonna have a poll as far as which shorts you guys want to see and then we'll probably do like a classic core like, I mean, don't quote me on this. Definitely look at the Instagram and Discord, but I'm kind of thinking our next one's going to be Psycho. Okay. So definitely people need to join the Instagram and join the Discord so they can vote mm -hmm. for our next films. Exactly. Yep. yep. And so links are links are in the description there. Um, you know, you guys kind of know the drill if you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe you know, let people know, share with your friends and then yeah, join the discord, follow us on Instagram and you can have some pretty solid input um, as far as what we'll do in the future. And in discord as well, there's also just kind of like a movie chat area. So if you want to take a deeper dive into these films than we had time to on the podcast, go there because we're going to be discussing things. Or you guys want to talk about stuff that may have possibly been cut out, then we can do that as well. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like I said, look in the description and we will see you guys next time. All right. See you guys.